Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot Z-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 2134 in Edmonton, Bob Stoffer at a home office. Back at the 630 Chad Studios, Brendan Escott. Again, a reminder, today is Santa's Day on 630 Chad, inspired by a simple wish to see every child receive a new toy at Christmas. With your help, we can help make that wish come true. You can donate to 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous now by calling 587-855-1821 or visit santasanonymous.ca. You can help bring Christmas to more than 20,000 children in need by donating today. Just before we go to Emily Kaplan from ESPN, uh, we did... Oilers now trivia for Greta Barr. The question again, uh, name the, we were talking about uh, Matthew Kachuk, the Battle of Alberta. Uh, Speck and me have a, eh, not a marginal. I, I thought Matthew showed a lot of maturation last year and started to actually go after guys and tried scoring up with Blake Wheeler right from the get-go of the, the Flames series with the uh, Jets. Of course, took the fight uh, with Cassian after he ran him earlier uh, this season, this past season. Name the player that his father, Keith, fought in the 1996 World Cup. And with the answer and the winner, back at the 630 Jet Studios, here's Brandon Escott. Yeah, the answer uh, was Claude Lemieux. And the winner today, Doug B. in Edmonton. Nice job. I can recall where I was. I'm going to date myself, but I was at Moe's Sports Parlor with John Sexsmith from Global TV. John's son, uh, Joel, now plays for the Red Deer Rebels. And uh, I think we finished that night three sheets to the win, but that's another story for another time. Uh, she was in our city for at least a couple weeks covering the Stanley Cup final, an emerging presence with ESPN. We welcome to the show Emily Kaplan. Hi, Emily. It's Bob. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, uh, first of all, uh, when the season started in 1920, I'm I'm not sure you <laughs> thought it was going to conclude with you spending uh, two weeks in Edmonton and not watching the Edmonton Oilers play in the Stanley Cup final. But how did you find your time in our city? 
Oh, man. You know, it's funny. It's always been on my bucket list. I'd never been to Alberta before and did not imagine it would be these circumstances, would wish it would be these circumstances. But, like, my one takeaway was just how hospitable everybody was. Like, everyone wanted to make sure that I enjoyed the province. I had a good time, even in a global pandemic, and could experience some of the cool things that Alberta has to offer. So I'm just so grateful for everyone that was just so hospitable to me. You know, it's funny because, you know, I, I just wrapped up year 12 of doing the Oilers and, we, you know, obviously all around the United States. And Jack Michaels has got me attuned with Pittsburgh, which is I think is a very underrated American city. I have time for Buffalo, um, though I wish from an organizational perspective, maybe I wasn't there every uh, May for the combine because it would mean that the team was playing. But it is funny how you meet the, you know, you get different unique experiences in cities that you would have never thought would have been the case maybe five or eight years earlier in your life. You know what I'm saying? It's so true. And, you know, this is only my third year covering hockey. I was covering the NFL. So, like, unless I was going to an Edmonton CFL game, I never thought I would ever make it to that city. How, how is it different uh, covering hockey versus the NFL from your perspective? What do you like about it more? Obviously, look, football is the big deal in the States. We know that. You know you're talking to the biggest NCAA college football fan in the city of Edmonton. But is is there a profound difference between covering the two sports, Emily? You know, there really is. Um, the locker room is extremely different. You know, everyone talks about hockey players um, being so grounded and down to earth and, and friendly, and they are, and I love talking to them, but they refuse to talk about themselves. And you can walk into any NFL locker room being like, tell me your story and tell me why you're great, and they will. Uh, and in hockey, it's like pulling teeth, and as you know, the pronouns they use are we and you. They never use the pronoun I. Um, and there's so many great characters and personalities in the game, and I just wish that hockey players would show up more because I do feel like that's one area that the NFL um, definitely has mastered. Do you think that the NBA and the NFL, uh, as leagues, do a better job selling their stars than the NHL does? Yes, 100%. You know, it's always so disturbing to me here in the States. Um, if you talk to people who are not casual hockey fans, don't really follow it, they can't name any players besides Sidney Crosby or Alex Ovechkin. You're like, Connor McDavid? That kind of sounds familiar. Austin Matthews, who? Um, and that's really disturbing. Uh, you know, those are two guys that I just mentioned in the latter end of that, that the former end of that, that are incredible superstars and, and, and should be the face of the league right now because they're ascending and going really far places. Um, and, you know, part of it is the league not marketing their stars, but part of it's also the players' reluctance for putting themselves out there and doing national ad campaigns here in the U.S., you know, campaigns that are not with their teammates, just them alone. Um, and that's one area that I'd love to see hockey players dabble into a bit more. From ESPN, Emily Kaplan, Bob Stoffer with you in Oilers. Now, Emily, uh, do you think part of it also might be because Connor plays in Edmonton and Austin's in Toronto? Yeah, you know? it is. And you know what's a really big shame is that if I look at all of these incredible young American talents, and this really is a great age for USA Hockey, so many of them are playing north of our border, whether it's Austin and Toronto. Both of the Kachuk brothers are not playing here in the U.S. Brock Besser. Um, you know, I, I could go on and on. You know, now we look at the Montreal Canadiens. Got Cole Caulfield. He's an exciting talent. So um, it, it really is a shame because we don't get those games on national NBC. But the U.S. TV deal is up in the year. And I know my company is, uh, I'm crossing my fingers that we'll get a, a piece of it.
Uh, all right. From your perspective, what do you think's going on? I, I know that we had uh, a, a guy that's sort of emerged here over the last couple of years as a go-to guy for our show. He's with Puckpedia. His name is Hart Levine, and he's, uh, you know, he's a money manager, and he's he talks to a lot of the agents around the business, and uh, they're they're very quiet right now on what's happened between the NHL and the NHLPA. Is this just uh, due process taking place out of state, out of mind? So. There isn't a lot of negative energy out there regarding the negotiations, you think, during a time in which we're dealing with a worldwide pandemic? Do you think that's what's going on, or do you think there's an actual legitimate uh, cooling that's taken place in the discussions and negotiations? You know, I think when the owners came to the players and said, we want to rework our financial agreement um, of the CBA that, of course, we signed just a couple months ago, the players were caught so off guard and they were really upset by it. Of course, one of the asked was escrow and like the nastiest word you could ever say to a player is the E-word. They hate escrow. Um, And I do think that because both sides are so far apart on that philosophy, the players saying, we made a deal, let's stick to the deal, let's go. And the owners are saying, whoa, whoa whoa, 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 we have to front all of this money. We need to rework our arrangement. This just isn't going to fly. That's why there's been this bit of a cooling off period. Eventually, someone's going to have to budge. We know now that the January 1st start date is pretty unseasonable, considering it's a month from now. And if you work backwards from math, two weeks of training camp, a little bit of extra time for those seven teams that didn't play, guys needing to quarantine in 14 days if they're traveling to Canada, it's not going to happen. But if there's any hope of getting this thing going in mid-January, like most people are hoping for now in the league, um, something's going to happen, have to happen in the next seven days or so. Emily, do you think it could be a bit of a blessing in disguise, given what's going on with the pandemic, that maybe we do take a little bit more time? Yeah, I mean, we're watching the NFL right now, and they're just trying to plow through it. And it's impossible in a non-bubble environment to think that this virus won't affect teams and leagues and and, and disrupt the schedule. You know, we obviously know that the All-Canadian Division is a a likely possibility because there won't be travel, you know, across the border. But, um, yeah, if if we were starting training camps right now or in a couple weeks, I guarantee it we'd have some kind of outbreaks or mini situations on teams just because the odds say so, and that's what the numbers dictate. Um, You know, both here in the U.S., and I understand you guys are, you know, having a little bit of a surge in Canada as well. So um, it is a bit of a blessing in disguise. At the same time, this league needs to get the season going. You know, the owners that have come to Gary Bettman and said, we don't want to play if there's no fans in the stands. We're going to have to stomach too many losses. I don't want to do it. Gary's gone back to those owners and said, that's not a possibility. I've seen in the past what damage a lockout can do long term, and we're not going to do it. It's too damning for us. You know, the funny thing is, it came back in Canada, and I don't think, uh, Emily, when they had the 0405 lockout, that the NHL envisioned that Edmonton would be a revenue contributor for all but one year since that lockout year in revenue sharing. But that's occurred. The only year it didn't happen was the last year at Rexall Place for the Oilers in 15-16, and that was the year that the Canadian dollar dipped to 62.5 cents. So there were some extenuating circumstances there. But i got to tell you, I, I, I know it would hurt the U.S. if we didn't play this year. I also think it would hurt Canada. I, I think that they're, the economy of scale, like they can't afford to be out of sight, out of mind. So they're going to have to suck it up buttercup to find a way to make this thing work. That's my own personal perception. What about you? 
I agree. And, you know, I, I think if we take a larger step back and just consider where the league was before all of this, like I was in Florida that first week of March. It was the GM meetings in Boca Raton, and Gary Bettman was gushing to all of us. The league has never been healthier. They're just about to expand the 32 market. You know, they've got more revenue. The salary cap was higher than it's ever been. And, of course, this global pandemic came and, it, you know, put a wrench in everything. But the people that I talked to, especially on the player side, are saying, okay, you know, this is a blip, but if we get past this, who's to say we won't still be on that same trajectory? And we kind of just need a plow through. And although it's not going to be easy and it's not going to resemble a normal NHL season, we've got to do this. And the league knows that the 2021-2022 season is so imperative to get on track because that's when they welcome Seattle in. And again, that's when the new US TV deal is. And coming into that season off of a lockout, that's just not a great look. And, you know, you just need to get sponsors on board. You need to get these TV partners on board. You need to get fans excited uh i'm on your guys' site on a fairly regular basis i know you keep an eye on the canadian teams every bit as much as you, you care about the american teams just a thought on the all canadian division i know from a canadian centric position emily uh you know we got guys out there that would block slap shots in the nude to see that happen like they would love to see it they think it'd be awesome for the game what's uh, what are your thoughts and feelings on it i think it would be great too i know it would excite all the canadians to watch your teams but look I'm excited. I just got this email actually right before I got on of the odds to win it. And I was just shocked by how close it was. And the fact that the Montreal Canadiens had the second to worst odds um, shocked me because I thought that they made a lot of strides this offseason and looked like a pretty good team. So it would be fun to watch watching these teams just play each other again and again. Um, it could lead to a lot of drama, you know, especially the Battle of Alberta. Just imagine the Oilers and Flames having to play more regularly than they will. Um, it'll be interesting, though, to see how this all plays out well i mean last year as an example uh, the orders actually had the highest uh, winning percentage of the seven canadian teams at 585 toronto is at 579 the next three teams vancouver 565 calgary 564 winnipeg at 563 and then the canadians were at 500 and ottawa at 437 you mentioned the canadians uh, look, this is a, it's an awesome place to go to in terms of the National Hockey League. Montreal and Chicago are my two favorite NHL cities to go to. And uh, But the, the moves they made, getting themselves, you know, another goaltender, Jake Allen, adding a, a Stanley Cup champion on defense, Joel Edmondson, uh, obviously bringing in a little bit of help up front. They're going to be a pretty exciting team to watch, aren't they? They really will. And one of the things that I think is incredible for them is just how much they're spending on goaltending because they also got Jake Allen to go with uh, Carey Price's very high cap hit. And, you know, I know a lot of teams were planning, um, you know, for a condensed schedule with a lot of back-to-backs, and, and they know they're going to need two goaltenders, but they might have the best tandem going right now of any of the Canadian teams. So it'll be fun to watch them. Josh Anderson's another player that should be exciting, but... Man, I, I just think that division could be so fun because the Canucks were really great and exciting last year. I do think they might take a slight step back because of the losses in free agency. The Flames are always kind of a wild card. You never know what you're going to get. And then there's the Jets, which is a team that has really elite forward talent, really elite defense, not elite defense, uh, really elite goaltending rather, not elite defense right now. Um, but they can kind of be a dark horse to shake things up. Uh, for Oilers fans, they know far too much about the disappointment that occurred losing a playoff series to Chicago, which might have been all wrong for them. It's funny, uh, Emily, I have to remind some of our listeners, we've experienced something worse here. The Oilers were 48 points ahead of L.A. back in uh, 1981-82 with seven Hall of Fame players, and they lost to the Kings in that series in a five-game series. It can happen, but what 
are your thoughts on on sort of maybe where Edmonton's headed? Uh, you know, obviously the, uh, the combination of having a, a team with uh, two guys that have won the league MVP between Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl. You know, I really like some of the things that Holland did this summer. Um, you know, obviously, um, Kyle Turris and Tyson Berry are two guys you look at kind of taking a flyer on. Kyle Turris, in my opinion, has the capacity to be this year's Kevin Shattenkirk, a guy who was bought out by his former team, just wasn't working out, but is still in the bit of the prime of his career and can contribute and could add that depth scoring that the Oilers have coveted for a long time. And Tyson Berry coming in on a one-year deal, took less money than he was offered other places just shows the belief he has in, in the franchise. Um, he can make that power play look extra dangerous. He's a good puck-moving defenseman. Um, I, I'm excited to watch the Oilers this year. I really am. Uh, you spend some time in around the Chicago area. I know we bumped into you there during the course of last season. They are an intriguing organization to watch. Kirby Dock out of Fort Saskatchewan, part of uh, Team Canada's World Junior Team, had a terrific uh, play uh, playing series against the Edmonton Oilers. But is it a changing of the guard in Chicago, or are they trying to uh, fast-track a bit of a rebuild? What do you think is going on there? Yeah, it's interesting. I live in Chicago, and I know the fans here are pretty pissed off, um, and the veterans are pissed off, too. You know, I've heard a lot of people talk about Kane and Taze behind the scenes thing, and Keith, really. Keith, no one talks about Duncan Keith. He's still playing at a very elite level at his age. He takes such good care of his body. Um, these guys still think they can win. They just want a playoff series. They show that they can compete hard. You mentioned Kirby Doc. His emergence at the end of last year was something to watch. He seemed to get better every single day he got on the ice and then for them to say oh wait we're actually rebuilding and by the way we've been rebuilding for the last year and a half we just haven't told you it's a lack of communication it's not just from the franchise to the fans it's also been from the franchise to the players um and, and that's not a good look and in, in my opinion it's dan bowman you know buying himself a bit more time um there's currently a vacancy in the team presidency and the owner's son danny works his son um uh, or rocky works his son danny is the interim president right now and, and no one really knows who's in charge what the direction is it does seem like something needs to be done i just feel like you know you've got to do right by these guys who have won you three cups and when you still got kane playing at elite level you still got Kay's playing at mostly at elite, a very good level and keith like i said i think is very underrated um i would like to see them go forward in the next two years but they see it in a different way well, Kirby Doc, if he'd been playing for the U.S. National Development Program and Jack Hughes would have been playing for the Saskatoon Blades, Kirby Doc would have been the number one pick in uh, the draft in 2019. I'll leave you with this. Uh, you mentioned the NFL coverage. Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, what were they... <laughs> What were, what were they thinking? Like, the guy was a starter for one year in college. He's not exactly playing in, you know, it's not like he's going into Alabama with, uh, you know, LSU like Joe Burrow was and lighting him up. I mean, what, like, how, can you believe how, actually, you probably can't believe how that's all played out in Chicago. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I was covering the NFL at that time when they drafted him and specifically covering the NFL draft. And I remember writing this huge story about how this no-name kid from UNC was drafted by the Bears and fell in love with him. And at the time, the coach John Fox, the GM Ryan Pace, and a bunch of big uh, wig decision makers, their offensive linemen, came down to Chapel Hill, North Carolina and dined with him. And they were like, so impressed with him and his maturity and it's like that's all great and you can fall in love with the guy off the field but he was a one-year starter at the time and there were guys like 
Deshaun Watson, who was already a proven winner, and Patrick Mahomes, whose potential was off the roof. I know that people thought, okay, he's in the air raid offense. He doesn't know how to read defenses, but we see what he's done in Kansas City. It just it didn't work out, and it looks really ugly, and it really feels like the Bears need a change in leadership because uh, they haven't done much right, and they're wasting a very, very good defense. Uh, Emily, uh, one final thought, uh, special uh, shout-out for you for your plug for Joey Moss about a month ago. That was awesome seeing on ESPN. Thanks for joining us here on Oilers Now. Oh, it was my pleasure. I was so touched when I heard about his story, and I'm mourning with all of you guys. He just sounded like an awesome, awesome guy. Thanks, Emily. Thanks for your time. That is Emily. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Kaplan from ESPN. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. We'll take a quick timeout. It's 152 at Edmonton. Hi, this is Leon Dreisaitl from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. To this day in Oilers history, one year ago today, Leon Dreisaitl scored twice, both in the power play. The Edmonton Oilers beat the Vancouver Canucks 3-2. Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid, game number 29 in the season. That was their 17th win. They had reached the 50-point plateau. Again, today is Santa's Day on uh, 630 Chad, inspired by a simple wish to see every child receive a new toy at Christmas. With your help, we can help make that wish come true. Donate to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous now by calling 587-855-1821 or visit santasanonymous.ca. Again, you can text us at any time at 780-496-0063 on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. I do want to tell you, Royal Pizza, the best pizza in the city, still making it great. Multiple locations to serve you. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. Royal Pizza offers curbside pickup and takeout options for a menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations. Go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The Stoffer recommendation is the Mediterranean chicken. Very quickly, we head off to the Oilers Now prospect report for our friends at James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Trent Brown, Jim Brown, the gang, James Brown. At James H. Brown, want you to stay safe and stay positive. Here's Brendan Escott. Well, we check in on Finland on Tuesdays, and yes, Apoliarvi had points in three straight games leading up to a minus three performance and a 4-1 loss on, stat- on Saturday. Uh, still the former fourth overall selection with 12 points in 16 Liga games this year. Peli Rasinen had an assist on Friday in a 4-3 shootout loss for Kelpa. Scoreless the next night. He's got just that one point in his last eight contests now. And a 6'5 defense prospect Marcus Nemalainen playing just under uh, 90 
19 minutes a night for Assat, although he's certainly not a points producer, just five assists on the year so far. One more note on this day in Oilers history. Back of the studios, Brendan Escott dug up this nugget. Yeah, in 1996, Oilers defenseman Kevin Lowe becomes the 30th player in NHL history to appear in 1,200 games, but the Anaheim Mighty Ducks knocked off Edmonton 4-2 at the Arrowhead Pond in Anaheim. Marius Tchaikovsky and Todd Marchant scored goals in that game 24 uh, years ago today. Reed Wilkins has Inside Sports tonight. Brian Lott from the NHL Network, David Staples from the Cult of Hockey, and our NHL insider, John Shannon, for our friends at Legacy Heating and Cooling. Tomorrow on the Wednesday edition of Oilers Now, again, we do want to mention, keep it coming, Santa's Day, 6.30, Chad. Donate to 630 Chad Santa Anonymous now by reaching out at 587-855-1821 or visit santasanonymous.ca. Jalen Nye has the 630 Chad Afternoons coming up, and uh, she'll be speaking to the president of the Canadian Medical Association, Dr. Ann Collins. They'll also be sharing inspiring stories about how your donations to the 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous impact children and families in this region. Off to a global news weather traffic update. Have a terrific Tuesday, everybody. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.